I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Make some noise, Orange fans! It's time for the Juice Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cuse Nation Podcast. What's up, Cuse Nation? This is the Cuse Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. This will be episode 28. Tonight we're going to go over some Buddy Beheim and other recruiting news for Syracuse basketball, a Central Connecticut win, a Middle Tennessee loss, a look ahead to um, Central Michigan, and uh, some NFL news if we got time for it. And the number, if you want to get on the show, just call 1-804-977-1557. Call, leave a message. We'll play your message on the show and uh, if you have a question comment or you just want to criticize one of us that's fine uh, we'll take it all so anyway Joe what's up hey what's going on John not a whole lot so um, I guess you know I guess we'll start with Buddy Beheim. Um he decided to commit finally and um, I guess the best part about it is that it saves a scholarship so uh, he'll be coming on as a walk-on, right? So uh, yep. that's going to be awesome because he's probably going to start. So no, I don't know about start. But, you know. No, you're not. You're not sure about starting by then. I'm not really. I don't. Uh, it all uh, depends on what he does this year. Yeah, well, that it depends on who's left. Nah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyways, I thought it was, I thought that was great news. Uh, uh, by the way, shout out to Brian S too, who who brought that to my attention. I was a little bit late on that. I just wasn't um, trolling the 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 Facebook. It's usually how I get all that stuff. So, um, uh, he brought it to my attention anyway. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's great. Well, I mean, I don't I don't think it was much of a surprise. You know, it was just waiting for confirmation, basically, on that one. No, oh, yeah, it's pretty much whenever he was ready to, to to commit. So, I don't know. He already knew where he was going. It was pretty much when he wanted to announce. And um, it's definitely going to help with the depth because, like you said, he is a player. Um, six four, six five, shooting guard. And um, he tore up uh, Central New York basketball last year. And um, he's actually going to uh, Brewster Academy. Where CJ Fair and uh, I think Torian Thompson, uh, a couple other SU players went before. So he's going to be playing, he's going to be practicing against uh, people on his team that are Division One uh, recruits, let alone playing them every game. So 
the competition is going to be tougher, but um, he did the same thing this past summer in the AAU circuit, and I think he shot over 50% from the three-point line. So, And um, his brother ended up – I think he had a gross spurt late too, so he ends up 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he could be a swing guy, you know, a uh, little shorter than Leiden, but playing the wing on the defense, they can uh, hit the three. So uh, eventually he's going to be a great player for us, I think. Um, the only thing I worry about is – his um his body um I you said he's gonna come in and start uh, he can definitely come in and play but depending on how like you said who's left and what our depth looks like you know he may redshirt but at the end of the day he's gonna be a player so it's a good pickup yeah it definitely is and I mean you know what what do we got coming in I mean I've I've lost I've lost track here well we got um there's um O'Shea Brissett. He's, no, for he's, this year, yeah. Oh, oh, he's coming this year. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he's um, going to be here this year. This is uh, recruiting class of buddy, and then that's going to be not going to be till next year. Um, but there is <laughs> another guy that visited with him, that Jalen Carey, which yes, which yes. Well, Jalen Carey, he's um, I think he's ranked thirty fourth uh, in yeah, ESPN yeah. right now. Yeah, and they're recruiting him as a point guard, and um, six, three, he's down yeah. to yep six three, and he's down to Syracuse, Miami, and um, UConn. So he's going to have three in-home visits, and I think he's actually planning on uh, committing pretty soon. And also this past weekend, um, Darius Baisley, who's already committed, and he's got moved up to a five-star. Um, he is going to um, going to be a force as well. So if we can pick up Jalen Carey, um, that 2018 class is looking pretty good, especially like what we talked about prior Um prior podcast is uh, building the depth and with a uh, solid talent and players that can fit into Syracuse's scheme. And, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully this is the beginning of, you know, putting the past couple of years behind us and getting back to where, uh, Syracuse fans are normally used, see us. Yeah, so are used to it. And, um, you know, like, like you were mentioning with him, top 34 player, um, and he's the only point guard they're, they're really recruiting right now. And also, um, I mean, I think Beheim told him. I think his dad said that he was going to be playing right away. So he will play yeah. right away. So there's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. And I, I guess that's pretty much it, wrapping up the Syracuse basketball stuff. But, oh, well, you, you we said, had, uh, you said an one, actual – we yeah, had, we had a crew today, uh, tonight, actually. And it's not actually it's not until 2019, so this kid's not even going to be a junior. I mean, he's going to be a junior this year in high school. Um but uh, his father played in UMass, so he's got that um, he's got that athleticism in his family, and um, he's uh, they say he's an elite player. I watched his tape; uh, he's really athletic, six four, shooting guard. He can shoot the three, and uh, I mean he's got two more years of high school, so you can only imagine you know how much better he can get. But yeah, he committed, and um, I, I mean obviously it can change, but for right now he seems pretty sold. Uh, so that's good news. Uh, I mean, even though it's two years away, um, but yeah, that just happened tonight. So, yeah, I guess we'll I think his name's Bryce Bryson Goodine or Goodine or something like that. But that's his name. So, I mean, it's just another player to watch out for. So, yeah, and he's like sixteen years old right now. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, we'll get into. It. Well, figured we'd mention it, but we'll get into that when. It, oh, I'm it, sure it his name will come up in oh, many more uh, podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we apologize too for the the speaking of podcasts uh, last week with the 
Central Connecticut blowout. I mean, we're, we're, we'll hit it up here real quick, but I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about it. It was kind of what we expected, and um, like Joe had said to me, anything less would have been uh, almost a disappointment. But, you know, Dungey looked good, and, you know, he, he made it out of there unscathed. So that's a plus. Joe, you were at the game. Yes, um, yes, sir. Well, well let me let me ask you something. What was it? What was the 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 crowd like? Because <sighs> for Oakland, it's always tough. But, yeah, you I know, know but it was their first game of the season. Yeah, well, the fa- I mean, there's always arguments about that. And um, the first game of the season, usually it's D one double A opponent, so it's usually a you know uh, a team that fans expect them to beat. Um, pretty handily, and um, well, isn't it fun going to watch an ass whooping? Though, quite frankly, I mean, like if, if I lived there, look, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Well, you had season tickets at one point, right? Yeah. Okay. I knew people with season tickets, so I didn't buy season tickets. I would just, I, I would grab them. Same thing with basketball. I'd grab them if they were available or whatever. I mean, we're talking, you know, seventeen years ago, but. Um, and then my, my wife did her undergrad there. So we got $10 tickets, you know, student tickets were like 10 bucks at the time. And yeah. I'll be honest, even as cheap as they were, I probably didn't go as much as I would have liked to looking back on it. So I guess, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a hypocrite here, but I mean, it's the first game of the season. I don't, I don't know. You go there, you have a couple beers, get a dome dog and watch an ass kicking. Sounds yeah, like fun to I mean, me. That's- that's well, yeah, and 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 yeah, it does, and that's why I went. I mean, I haven't been to the dome in probably close to three years, and like you said, I had season tickets, so I was going to go regardless of the opponent, just to get back, get back home, home in the dome. But uh, uh, no, there's there's other things that couple with that too. I mean, it's a Friday night game, um, and you have uh, you have high school football going on, so that, you know you have some true. parents and kids going on with that. And on top of that as well, they're competing with the State Fair. So oh, they all – Yeah, and the State Fair is breaking records this year. So it just – Well, yeah, I it, mean – It really was. It really was. They were breaking I, I know. attendance records. It's like so, – I mean, I don't know. You got stuff <laughs> – you got stuff that goes against it, you know. That's that's the fans' excuse anyway, and they talk about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but you can also you can what you can do is you can use it against them because in the past the fans have talked about oh you have Friday night games, high school football, and uh, the state what fair. They, what are they filling the bleachers at high school football games? I doubt it. Well, no, but you have parents and kids that if they didn't have something going on, they might in turn go to the game. You know, who knows? Yeah, uh uh-huh. But um, that's really not the other excuses I've heard in the past is, you know, a lot of these Middle Tennessee State, Central Michigan games, stuff like that. Oh, they're noon kickoffs. So, you know, Friday night, late Friday night, you got stuff you want to do on Saturday, you know. Well, Middle Tennessee State, that was a 3.30 kickoff. So, I mean, and again, I think we got maybe 30,000. Yeah, you know, so, it looked, it looked so, a little um, bleak, man. It was, a, it, and like you know, I know the program's not like on an uptick, really. It's kind of, kind of like, like treading water right now. Um, especially with the, I mean, especially with the loss against Middle Tennessee, and we talked. Uh, well, I kind of underestimated him, but I mean, Joe's the football guru, so I usually, if Joe corrects me on something, I'm like, 
Okay, well, all right. So anyway, Joe's like, you know, don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. You know, they might be an underdog, but they're not a pushover. And you were exactly right. And, um, you know, I expected them to win that game. But when it was 9-13.5, I thought it was going to be a good game. And obviously, it wasn't going to be a blowout. It wasn't going to be like something the week before. But, I mean, something like that's going to hurt attendance, too. So um, unless you have something else to say about Central Connecticut, we'll just get into the Middle Tennessee game. No, I mean, it is Central Connecticut State was what it was supposed to be, and we can leave it at that. Right. So Schaefer comes back into the Dome. Uh, Emotions are high. Now, mind you, you know, I understand all that. I I really do. And there's a lot of players on the team, like you've said, that that he actually recruited. He knows them. Um, Made it a little tough for them. The one thing I would I I noticed was in you mentioned last podcast about the running game. Our leading rusher was Dungy with 53 yards, and the box score in the running in the rushing isn't terrible. Um, We had more than they did, but um, you know you don't want your your quarterback being your number one rusher. I mean, no, no, you never really do. And uh, (laughs) no, uh... no, no, you're right. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm looking at these, these stats, and it's just, you know, I look at the, the team stats and everything, and I'm watching the game. Uh, as bad as it was, I mean, we left so many. Uh, we, we, we won in a lot of categories. You want to win in penalty yardage and penalties. You want to win in the turnover ratio. Tons I of mean, categories. Tons. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's you... categories that we that we won that the teams look towards like we got to win in these boxes time of possession we killed them in time of possession right and at the end of the day we couldn't we left so many points on the on the field just a lot of Um, missed opportunities man yeah way too many i mean we had so many big plays early we got some um some turnovers that put us in great field position and we end up with three points and you know then you get towards uh the second half you get adjustments and you have a, a quarterback on the other side who um, is old. He's, I think, a fifth year. I mean, he's 22, 23 years old. Uh, the NFL scouts are looking at him, so he's not a pushover by any means. And neither really is Middle, Middle Tennessee State. And then couple that with the emotions and Scott Schaefer. And um, it just kind of was uh, one of those things where <laughs> the defense is looking to hold on. And um, – I thought the defense played great, and I think they expected the offense to put more points on the board, and I think I really did too. So, yeah, it's 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 tough to decipher exactly what I mean. You can't really point to one or you know even two things in in this loss just because you can never really gauge how much the emotion is. You know, half those players got recruited by Scott Schaefer, and now they're you know Schaefer knows their weaknesses, he knows their strengths, and he's. A defensive coordinator through and through. He's highly respected through the uh, college ranks, and um, and he made it happen just like he's done it before against Geno Smith three times, Teddy Bridgewater once at uh, uh, Louisville, and um, when he's got a chip on his shoulder and he's got uh, he's got that extra motivation, he's proven that in those times it's, it's when he actually does his best. And those players, those players were were playing for him too. You know, he he told his players straight up on defense that you win this game, we'll be best friends forever. And, you know, when you're telling those type of kids who are impressionable and, and fired up and want to win it for the coach, I mean, you know, you could tell from the beginning they were out for blood. They were they were being overly physical. They were they were trying to, to punk us from the beginning. And uh, you can argue that it worked. 
Yeah, well, um, like you mentioned, emotions were high. Uh, Coach um, Babers in his post-game press conference, as a coach does, puts the blame on himself for not getting the kids prepared. But on the other hand, I like to play the devil's advocate on these things. So, I mean, preparing them for this game, you know, I guess you know it was a little added extra emotion there, but it, it, you know, this is this is football. You're you're playing at you know top college level, and you've got some really tough games ahead of you. Now you're already one and one. You already won the whole. You know, lost a game you maybe should have won, and now you're now you're playing catch up already with a tough schedule. And if you can't get prepared for a game like this, it just it makes everything else that much more bleak. And we already talked about maybe them pulling out five wins this season. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I guess that's my concern and I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. And, 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 you know, if you can't if they can't get prepared for a game like this, Joe, how are they going to get prepared for Clemson or, or Miami or any of those other games? I mean, Miami's LSU at LSU, you know, I mean, Miami at Miami. I just don't you know, they got to make a huge turnaround, huge turnaround. Yeah, I. It's so hard. It's so it's so hard to really gauge because we're just fans watching the game, right? So you watch like NFL, you watch professionals. I mean, these are just kids still trying to find their way in the football field, trying to find their way in life. So you can never really gauge how emotions are going to feel when you are going against Clemson. When you're going at LSU, playing under the lights at seven o'clock prime time, like, and you're an underdog, and you know that, so you have nothing to lose. You go out there and you're trying to make make anything happen you know they're, they're not thinking about emotional type oh well this is my ex-coach he recruited me like you, you don't really know how they're gonna feel so as far as, as babers goes i mean i i don't know if he just maybe underestimated how much this actually meant because now you're talking about your favorite and you want to go out there and you want to prove a point to your coach to your ex-coach to the guy that recruited you the, the reason why you're playing it at syracuse and and then on top of that, couple up the fact uh, the factor that you are supposed to win the game. So when things don't go your way, you start playing a little tight. You start wondering, oh, what's he thinking? You know what I mean? Like, it's just you can never really put yourself. I mean, we're older now. We've had life experiences. These kids, they're still trying to figure it out. So I don't, I think that's one of the best things about college sports is that you really truly never know because there's so many outside influences and these kids are still trying to figure it out. And, and and I think that's what Babers was talking about. Yeah. Well, what what do you see is is like the biggest thing to to fix going into this Central Michigan game? Um, you know, what would you like to see fixed? I mean, I, besides besides the rushing. Well, the rushing, I think that just is going to come as uh, our young offensive line gets a little bit more experience. Which which I will say that the. On the defensive side and the offense, they they've done better than I thought they were going to do. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so too. I think um, this this past game, like I said, I mean we we had the turnover battle, we had uh, we had the penalty battle, but I think there was there was more left out there. There were some things uh, we had a lot of drops, which is mental errors. Exactly. Uh, I think we had like five or six drops. That's um, where the that's where the big that's where they didn't capitalize on things in that game. It would have been a whole different game if right. you're not if you're not looking up upfield before you catch the ball or right. whatever the and case was right and and then i think there was a couple instances where ishmael was being held with two hands with the ball in the air in the end zone 
nothing got thrown. Um, there's a bunch of times where I thought that Dungey kind of got roughed up, up a little bit more than I mean, it's 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 the refs' jobs, and even a lot of the, the sports writers for Syracuse. And this is me as, as a fan talking now because I don't like to blame the refs, but at the end of the day, I saw some calls that. Um, well, no one likes I, to use the refs as an excuse for a loss, right? But blaming the refs where blame is supposed to be laid. That that's completely, you know. Completely um, acceptable, in my opinion. Right. Okay. Well, now that you say that, I thought they were horrible. (laughs) Um, So it's just—I mean—they—they missed uh, pass interference calls. They missed an offside. I mean, when Dungey threw that uh, interception at the end of the game in the fourth quarter. Right. I mean, I think everyone thought that that guy was offsides, and uh, he thought he he had a free play. Yeah, he thought he had a free play. There was a bunch of times, like I said again, where if you have a I guarantee you if you have Florida State or Clemson or Alabama's quarterback and they get hit the way that Dungey got hit, then there's going to be a couple more personal foul calls. Um, and, again, a lot of that, I mean, like I said, Schaefer had those defenders playing aggressive, trying to get under their skin and, and make Syracuse make some mistakes, which obviously they did. But it's the ref's job to uh, to protect the quarterbacks. And I'm not just saying it because it's our quarterback or that Dungey has injury history and – he still seems to be running more than what Syracuse fans want him to. Like you said, he's our leading rusher. But there was, and this is before anybody even really started talking, but during the game, I saw at least three times where I was like, okay, like what's what's going on there? There was a specific time where he got sacked, and two guys jump right on after he's clearly going down and nothing. And, and there were some things I just thought that the refs could have controlled the game more, which would have put it more in our favor. But again, I don't like to blame the refs, and it was a close enough game to where if we if we execute better and we were more mentally into the game, not making the drops and certain mistakes, then I think that that we would have ended up winning, you know, and, and getting some touchdowns instead of field goals. So that's where I'm going to leave it. But when you don't take advantage of that kind of stuff, you can lose to a team like Middle Tennessee State. So yeah, it's, and that's what it's happened. Too bad. It's too bad. I underestimated them, and it looks like maybe. Some of Syracuse underestimated him. I, I didn't think anybody, you know, you were the only guy I talked to that that was a little wary of it. And you were right to be wary because they pulled it out. So um, looking ahead to Central Michigan, um, I'm not going to say anything's in the bag, but um, I don't know. What do you think, <laughs> what do you think Joe? Well, I think that this is um, this is a team that, it's sort of kind of similar. I mean, Middle Tennessee State, the game before us, they lost to Vanderbilt, I believe, 28-6, but they played against an SEC um, defensive line, offensive line, and um, I wouldn't really compare ours to that. Um, so I think they had a little bit better um, success in certain things against us. But um, Central Michigan, I mean, the first game of the season – they beat Rhode Island by, I think it was 30 to 27, uh, but it took triple overtime to do it. And then last week, they went to Kansas and beat Kansas, who, granted, is a, a Big 12 team, but they're one of the lower, I mean, here I am talking about one of the lower Power 5 schools, but Kansas really hasn't had the greatest of success. So um, they have a, a transfer quarterback, Shane Morris from Michigan. So you know that he has the pedigree. You got a recruited 
from Michigan out of high school. So he's not a bad uh, player, and he had actually was had really good success last week against Kansas. Uh, I guess the only positives that I've seen is um, that actually came out today. They're going to be basically missing their top three receiving targets. Their starting tight end is going to be out. And then uh, their top two receivers, one of them's out for the season, the other one's out for a significant amount of time. So majority of their uh, playmakers, as far as the passing game, is going to be out. Um, they only have, I think, three sacks. I don't know if it's all season or if it's just last game, but their defensive line struggles to get pressure against other teams. But who knows against us? See what we learn. Um, and you have to think that, you know, our team's going to be fired up after after oh, last yeah. week. You, you know, hope they, so. you ought to hope they were fired up last week, though. I, well, they were fired up, and that's you, the thing. I, I think that. they were fired up, and from the beginning, you saw plays that that shown that. But we didn't capitalize. Offense didn't capitalize. Schaefer kind of threw a, a wrench in our plans, and um, like again, I think that's why Babers kind of threw that out there. Like he just didn't know how emotionally effective it was going to be, and I don't think he knew how much Schaefer actually knew the tendencies of the players that he had coached prior, so um, they kind of, they kind of, you know, snuck up on us, and they're a good yeah. team anyway, but I wouldn't consider Central Michigan in the same caliber as uh, Middle Tennessee State. Uh, they lost, a, I think, three-year starter last year at Cooper Rush, and um, Shane Morris, although, you know, he's a transfer from Michigan, this is still his first season playing in the system, his first bar as a starter. I know they have decent running backs, but um, I, I see a bounce back. I really do see a bounce back. I um, hope so. And you see a and, bounce back in the attendance or what? Uh, well, there's no more state fair, and it's, again, another 3.30 this, uh, kickoff. This, this so. will be, be the test. So, well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, a little bit. A little bit. I mean, there's no excuse for it. Middle middle of the day, nothing else going on. I mean, what the hell? It's forty five degrees there now, every day. So what the hell else are you gonna do? No yeah, I can't go snowmobiling. No, well, I just I look at it like you have a game where it's a three thirty kickoff on a Saturday, which some of the fans have been complaining about. As far as Middle Tennessee State, you have your ex coach Scott Schaefer that's coming in as the defensive coordinator for Middle Tennessee State, and on top of that, at halftime. You know, they um, they recognized the 1987 uh, Syracuse team. So you had all that going on, and still we couldn't break 30,000. And then we lost. And then we lost. Yeah, so to expect uh, anything better this Saturday, um, I think is kind of crazy as far as if I know Syracuse fans like I think I do, then. Oh, I don't I'd expect ex- it. That's that's I'm being I'm being a little cynical on purpose. I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't expect it. But that's what you know. You play devil's advocate with me about talking about excuses, and you know this puts excuses to rest. Like you said, I think last week should have been the test for it. Now I know a lot of people that I know went. You know, but it's empty. It's sad seeing it empty, man. You know. Well, yeah, it is sad because it does get loud. I mean, yeah, basketball's basketball's proven it. I mean, we play basketball in half the dome. Is isn't even filled, it, it, that, but yet it's the loudest place that you can play college basketball. Imagine, just imagine if they, can, if exactly. they can block that off. How loud yeah, that would exactly. be! Exactly. 
it, yeah. it ran your eyeballs. I've been to some games where it's been loud in the past. Oh, yeah. I've been up in nosebleed in, in, in a Syracuse basketball game where it's been – I couldn't even hear myself think. That place no, gets talk- loud. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about football. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, you need the people to fill it, though. That's your point. Right. All right. Well. I, I think can- I think we win. That's uh, my uh, – I'm not going to give a score. I know that – um. Just from what I've seen with injuries and stuff like that, and the fact of uh, what Babers has said in some of his um, like the post game conference, uh, press conference, and stuff like that, I think that they're going to come out and they're going to be ready to go. So I don't really see. Um, I see us winning the game. All right. Well, uh, let's do a little NFL. Let's do a little bit of NFL. First week in the books. Um, you know, I guess I'm just going to say I-, I would like to hear your biggest surprise from the week, Joe. I'm going to give mine first, though, and it was the first game of the season. The first game of the season, the Chiefs versus the Patriots. And, I mean, I'm a Raiders fan in the AFC West, and I just watched the Chiefs stomp the Patriots. They just controlled after the first, like, like what, maybe 10 minutes of that game when Patriots looked like they were just going to rule that game, and they went for it on fourth down, and they were stopped. From that point on, it was all Chiefs. They just, in 42-27, and they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That, yeah. That's I ugly. set up and watched that game. I mean, the Chiefs were good last year. and uh, Yeah, they were good. They were good. Uh, it looks like, I mean, I like Spencer Ware as a running back over there, but um, that rookie Kareem Hunt out of Toledo, it looks like a, that Spencer Ware injury is kind of a blessing in disguise because that guy can play. Well, uh, Eric Berry's done. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You, that, n- not for me, it's not. And well, I, not for I, I you, like it's not as a Raiders a guy, fan. I don't like seeing a guy go down, mind you. I, I'm not saying that, but, I mean, you know, if it's gonna, if, he's, if someone's going to go down on that team, Eric Berry's, you know, my top, he's a top three. <laughs> if, if I, have yeah. to pick, I mean, if I have to pick, is, is that wrong? Um, no, I mean, you don't want to cheer for anybody to get no, injured. No, I'm not, happens, and I'm so. not, I'm not, I'm not. But you got, you know, when it happens, it happens. So you no, he, he ruptured his Achilles, right? He's out for the yeah. season. Yeah. So uh, well, well he, he beat cancer, so I think that he can do this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And he's a ama- he's an amazing football he's player. And, absolutely an amazing player. Yes. Um. So what was what was your biggest your biggest shock or your your biggest surprise out of week one? Because a lot of things went as planned, but a, a couple things did not go as planned. At yeah. All. A, a couple things did. Um. I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I got three, actually. So since you took one, I had a, I had a B, C, and D, so I'm just going to go with it. But um, number one, um, the Browns in uh, yeah, Jacksonville. Awful. The Browns in Jacksonville's defense. Um, they might still not have a starting quarterback in the NFL in uh, subpar offenses, but those defenses, I mean, the Texans have won the division in the last two years based off their defense and the Jaguars. I mean, that wasn't even close. And, um, I mean, who would have thought that the Browns would have been able to hold Le'Veon the way they did and only lose by three with a, with a rookie or quarterback? No, no, it wasn't. I'm sorry. That was not at Pittsburgh, was it? No. Uh, no, it was at Cleveland, but yeah. still, at the end of the day, I mean, that's that's Pittsburgh with – Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and Martavius Bryant, who, I mean, it's been at least a year since they've yeah. all been on the field together. Yeah. Um, my uh, my other surprise is that the Jets scored 12 points. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> I honestly came into this season thinking that they were going to be like 
the worst team ever in the history of football. Now, so, and and I'm not trying to be, I'm not <laughs> trying to be cynical at all. The Bills fans, but okay, all right, it's it's a win. You take it, but yep. it is not. It's not like a. It's not like a golden trophy win. I mean, you're not holding that one up like you know, super proud. I mean, the Jets are gonna suck so bad this year. I mean, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. And, and right, and is and I'm a Giants fan, so I can really talk because the Giants only scored three points, right? But right. um, <laughs> <laughs> I think my third surprise is being a Giants fan, and I'm gonna keep it with that. Is is um, I mean, I know Odell Beckham's a great receiver, but with the people that we picked up, I mean, we drafted a first round uh, tight end, we. We uh, picked up a tight end um, slash fullback from Minnesota um, this past offseason off free agency. We picked up Brandon Marshall. Uh, my biggest surprise was how bad their offense is without Odell Beckham. So as a Giants fan, I plead to the organization to pay Odell Beckham whatever he asks. <laughs> because Yeah, exactly. That was a that was an ugly game. No, it, um, it was ugly, and, and and Manning had his what I call deer in the headlights look pretty much the whole time, and you know, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I have a, I have a theory to why it was what it was, um, but oh boy. Uh, well, it's not a it's not a huge one. It's the <laughs> fact that if you have a if you have a receiver like Odell Beckham, you have to have a safety up top. I mean, it changes the whole way the defense can play defense. And well, then not you only have that, a couple it changes other... the way you play offense, too. I mean, he's a yeah, playmaker. Exactly. So. Yeah, he's our playmaker. But but by him being out there, he naturally just makes other people more open. He struggles against the Cowboys, though. Just... Mm. I mean, Three-finger catch? I don't know. Yeah, well, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I, got a, I got another one. This isn't a big surprise to me, but my big surprise was the first game of the week. In my in my one of my best most favorite moments of the first opening week of football was the last game of the week and this guy. It's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close, just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL. And here he is, having the time of his life. This- I'm just going to just move my oh, mouth man. and words are going to come out. And, and words are going to keep coming out. And I'm not going to be able to control them. And uh, here I am on national television. And um, I, say bring him, I say bring him on every week. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> bring him on every week. Sergio, Sergio Dill. What yeah, a guy. I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Hey, look. Oh man, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's great. He Do is. You? I think. I thought it was great. I say put him in the booth. Put him put in him the in booth. I would rather booth? listen to Sergio Dill over over um, Rex Ryan and whoever that whoever she was up there. Well, I mean, the, she got for, a lot for, of for recognition the, for the Saints so. Vikings game. Yeah. That was that was interesting. That was interesting. I didn't know what to say. I felt bad. I mean, he's from ESPN Deportes. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so not... I know. I know. Why are you? Wait, oh, never mind. Oh, I, I know. I don't I even get know. It. I don't even I'm know. I'm not how making to, fun of the guy. I think 
I think it was funny. It was funny. I'm not making fun of the guy. He he obviously maybe got a little flustered, I think, a little bit, obviously. But here's the thing, though. You're you're a professional broadcaster, whether or not you work for Telemundo or what, what was it? ESPN Deportes. Deportes. Yeah, Deportes or whatever. You're still yeah. a broadcaster. You're on the field, dude. You got a mic, man. You got a you got a you got your shining moment, and you just it's a word salad. I, I well, well, I mean, maybe maybe ESPN saw football and they got the two sports mixed up. I don't I don't know, but I'm just saying he he didn't sound like he really knew too much about football and. Honestly, like, I don't, I'm not trying to be. What was he talking about? He's got a lot of diversity in his background. Like, what was he, what is he talking about? He, because, because he played, because he played two different positions, one in college and one in the NFL. Is that what he's talking about? Like, I don't know what he's talking about. Well, that's, that's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, is that when it comes to coaches, there's so many that go from like defensive back coach, corner coach, like. They climbed the ladder, so you could pretty much say that about any football coach. You know like, that they when I first, they played college here, and now they did this here, and now they're a coach here. Like, I just don't know if he just did his homework or if he was just too I, pumped up. I thought he was reading. I thought he was reading. He was reading. I thought he was reading. No, I mean it sounded like he was reading. Like I don't. He obviously wasn't, but he had that. No. Because if he was reading, it would have been better than that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be mad. I'm just saying that if someone were to write it, they would have wrote something better than that. Well, what it just if the teleprompter like, went too fast and we just got like every other word? Because that's what it sounded like. I don't. I don't know. I mean, oh, like right. I said, it takes a lot of huevos to do that. But uh, oh, oh, no doubt. That's your profession, though. I don't even want to hear. It. That's his profession, but I feel like it was not in his wheelhouse. I mean, you think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if <laughs> I mean, social media had a blast with it. So it was great. I I say give him another shot. That dude needs to come back by popular demand by the Cuse Nation podcast. Bring that guy back. I thought he was. Oh, great. you know what? I will. I will agree with that. You will. will you will agree with, agree with yeah. that. Yeah, I, I say will, give him another I will shot. Agree with that. And not yeah. not because I want to be entertained, but because you know, hey. I'll bet you he could. He does way better next time. Oh, well, I bet he does his homework, yeah. But I don't know. It's one of those things. If you're a sideline reporter, you don't really – there's not too many times that you're in the game. So you either give me really good information or you entertain me. Don't be in the middle. Yeah, and he did. He, he, <laughs> he, 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 he did it. one of them. He pulled it out for sure. It was great. I was so happy about it. <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna try to find. So, I'm gonna try to find something every week. But you know what? We won't be able to find nothing that good, so I might not even bother. And I'm being, <sighs> I'm being serious. We'll try to find something every week that's just great because well, no matter what, there's got to be something—an interview, something. You know, they all. Well, you know, the NFL never ceases to surprise me. Exactly, so. exactly. So we'll try to bring something every week. We'll do. We'll do. The, the, oh, by the way, the Raiders. They go into Tennessee. No one mentions this either, and I'm going to mention it because I'm a Raiders fan. But I didn't hear any any broadcaster or commentator or um, you know pundit or anybody say this. But the Raiders are known for going from the West Coast to the East Coast and and getting a shellacking. 
And yeah. and they went from the West Coast to the East Coast to a decent Tennessee Titans team. They have a group, yep. they have a decent offense and they have a pretty good defense. And yeah, there's a lot of people that think they're going to win that division this year. So, yeah. Yeah, and they went into into Tennessee and beat them by 10 points handily. Actually, the game actually, you know, they had a couple of It wasn't really as close as, yeah. It wasn't as close as the score was. Exactly. No. So, anyway, anything else? No, they're a good team, so. Yeah, well, I, I was really worried about their defense, so their defense really didn't do that bad. So I'm worried about their secondary in particular, so. Yeah, um, it's just you did good. all right, other than letting Mariota get a scramble, you know. Yeah, I know, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Week one's in the books. We will come back next week. We'll go over the Central, uh, Central Michigan game. We'll do a little bit more NFL, and we'll we'll figure out whatever the hell else we can do. If you want to give us a call, get on the show, 1-804-977-1557, 1-804-977-1557. Leave a message, and we will play it. And uh, if you got a comment, criticism, or a question for one of us, just uh, call that number. What's up, Joe? I was going to say, I dare you. Yeah, I dare you. <laughs> that might work. All right. Maybe. All right. Well, for Joe, I am Sean. Episode 28, we're out. Peace. You just heard the Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Oh, dude, it froze. I'll kill you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 